0: Welcome to the Kupinger Coal Analyst Chat. I'm your host. My name is Matthias Reinbart. I'm the director of the Practice Identity and Access Management here at Kupinger Coal Analysts. My guest today is Warwick Ashford. He is a senior analyst with Kupinger Coal working out of London, right? Hi Matthias, good to be here. Great to have you. And I want to start with a quote that is the, my main impression of the podcast episode that I did a few weeks ago with my, our colleague, Alexei uh, Balagansky, who said there are no crown jewels. And he hinted at the um, alleged importance of data or the lack of thereof. Today we want to talk about data protection. So we want to to help us still finally protecting data, whether they are crown jewels or not. So data protection, why is this still a thing?
1: Well, because business is now more reliant on IT than ever before, and we're generating more data than ever before. And this is kind of what drives business and and business intelligence and that kind of thing. to me it's all cybersecurity in a way is all about data protection that's what it boils down to not to mention the need to comply with a whole raft of international data protection regulations.
0: Right so if we take as an unofficial title of this episode the five most important methods to protect your data from malicious third party what would be number 1?
1: Uh, It's not very sexy, it's not very new, but it's access control. I mean, at the end of the day, this is a core component of cybersecurity, isn't it? But not every organization does this effectively. So it's, it's the basics. It's about limiting access to sensitive data only to authorized users. So only the right people getting access to it at the right time. It's about giving users access only to systems and data that they need to perform their jobs. So again, a very basic principle, the principle of least privilege, no more than is absolutely necessary. And so good access control can help organizations prevent unauthorized access to sensitive data. And we're talking more and more at Cooping a Coal about moving towards passwordless multi-factor authentication. For us now, this is kind of the, the, the immediate goal now is to get rid of the password and have multi-factor authentication that's done in, in the right way.
0: Right, and when you say access control, I've mentioned I'm the director of the pra- practice identity and access management. This is where I smile because access control goes hand in hand with strong and reliable identities. Um and That that is a good starting point for me. So, what is number two then? Access control is noted.
1: Okay, and then we move on to data encryption. I mean, since ancient times, we've been encoding or encrypting information to prevent unauthorized access. There's nothing new about this. It's an obvious thing to do. So it's essential to encrypt sensitive data, such as financial information, personal data, and confidential documents to prevent unauthorized access. But the thing is, it's not very widely deployed. Uh, but encryption systems have evolved so much in recent years that it now it's much easier to do and manage. And as far as I'm concerned, now there's really no excuse for organizations not to be
0: doing this. Right. And I fully agree. So encryption um, is increasingly important uh, and um, we omit the complete discussion around um, um crypt, uh, cryptographic uh, me- mechanisms that look at the at the post quantum um, era etc there will be encryption that will have to be strong enough and it will be uh, in a way that it is not breakable by even stronger computers so encryption will be there for a longer time um we, we've been talking now about preventing access to the data um, by adversaries, by by people who are really uh, malicious. Um, What other kinds of protections could we think of? Maybe the loss of data?
1: Well, you're right. You're absolutely right. So again, uh, something that's absolutely fundamental, but that is again, not handled very well is regular backups. Um, regular backups of important data is, has always been important. But I think uh, ransomware in recent years has made it more important than ever. And indications are that ransomware is not going anywhere. It's a great cyber criminal business model, it's easy to do, it's easy to deploy and it it makes money. So, uh, now, regular data backups are are vitally important, obviously they have to be offsite. You don't want them on the same systems that are also encrypted by the ransomware attackers. So in any, but in, in any system failure or data loss, backup and recovery measures can ensure that data is recoverable and will prevent permanent data loss. Uh, regular ba- backups will also ensure that the data is not lost due to accidental deletion or other technical issues. So, you know people make mistakes, things get deleted by mistake. Um, So I guess in some circles, you'd refer to that as insider threat. And uh, again, it's not as common as you would expect. Um, It must be done properly. As I said, uh, regularly, um, the data must be, the backups must be held uh, off site. And then the all important thing is the recoveries must be tested. I've often heard of stories where companies say, well, yes, we back up our data, but uh, we had an incident and we didn't get our data back because the recovery process <laughs> didn't work very well.
0: Right, exactly. That is something that our colleagues Mike Small, colleague Mike Small has pointed out in, in, in several of the earlier episodes. Um, the only way to make sure that your backup plan, including the backup procedure and the rest- recovery of data uh, is complete when when you when you have tested it this is really the the important part when it comes to to your know, a, 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 a trustworthy backup strategy and you mentioned. Um, malware, you mentioned ransomware. Um, so pr- th- that goes hand in hand with treating data, treating systems properly. What would be then one key for you to look at when it comes to protecting data from from, from yeah, hostile access?
1: Well, in, in this context, I think employee training or training of users is, is incredibly important. I mean, we've been talking for years about uh, end users being the first line of defense. And I think it's true. I mean, it goes around in cycles. This becomes a popular topic and then it fades out again, but it remains still important. And I think it it can be overlooked, uh, which is unfortunate. Uh, It's essential to educate employees about the importance of data security. I think think, uh, the organizations that are successful are the ones that bring it home to their employees just how important data is to their organization and what a loss of data could mean to their organization and to them indirectly. I mean, if the the organization were to fold, uh, they they would be without a job. So I think employees need to be aware of how to identify things like phishing emails. They need to know how to use passwords safely if they're still using passwords, but hopefully their organizations are migrating onto passwordless uh, solutions. And how to protect sensitive data, know what it is and and how to handle it properly, because at the end of the day, uh, their organization could be relying on them. Everybody has a role to play
0: absolutely and we have been thinking back to other episodes before and now I do it again i look back to the to an episode that i did with martin kuppinger about the uh, this this common saying that the weakest link is the employee um, and that they need to be trained and they need to be prevented from doing that wrong and he was completely contradiction contra- contradicting because he said if there is a system that allows you to click on the wrong link, if there is a system um, that allows you to have a password that can be um, can be just stolen and reused by somebody else, then the problem is not the employee, but the password. Um, So there need to be systems that help employees in, in protecting them from doing something wrong because technology is weak. And that, I think, is your fifth element as well. So to prevent people from doing things wrong.
1: Um, yes. So, uh, I've just completed a leadership compass on data loss prevention, uh, or data leakage prevention, uh, systems. And, uh, I found it really interesting because I've heard the, op- the opinion that DLP is kind of. Passe or outdated or whatever, and I completely disagree because it's it's a, a fairly uh, vibrant uh, marketplace, there are lots of vendors offering uh, DLP, and uh, for the reasons that we've been talking about, looking after data is is important. And also supporting, uh, supporting people who are working with data is is also uh, essential in, in organizations where data is, is kind of the lifeblood and, and the new currency in these days and times. So DLP software is an essential tool that can prevent data loss or leakage by identifying and monitoring sensitive data. Uh, it can prevent breaches by monitoring and controlling access to say uh, sensitive data. And then also by detecting and preventing data leaks through various channels. I mean, now people are communicating through social media. They're com- communicating, communicating through uh, uh, messaging channels and all these things. These are all ways that data can be slipping out of an organization. And so unless you're monitoring them and have got means to enforce controls around them, um, you're, you're, you're not not dealing with uh, all the risks there. And so as far as I'm concerned, DLP technologies remain relevant. Um, particularly because of this increased reliance on IT, uh, the expansion of the attack surface, because now we're adopting cloud-based and mobile computing. That means that never before has it been as important for organizations to ensure that sensitive data is not lost or misused, mistakenly deleted, as we were talking about earlier, or accessed in some unauthorized way.
0: Right. And this is a, a, a topic that I see in various areas that we see technologies that are around for quite a while and which seem to be something like bread and butter and not really that sexy and not that, re- not really that important anymore are important and they still remain important and they need to be done properly because this is the groundwork to be done. When we look at DLP, um, this usually for me is something that is looking at, um, the data getting lost to the outside. But I think, as we all know, from when we look from a cybersecurity perspective, the the main threats can be inside the boundaries of an organization. Then it's not necessarily anymore this this traditional um, um, yeah, firewall home base security approach, but nevertheless it's the insider to protect from. Do DLP solutions help there as well?
1: Oh, absolutely, and in fact, uh, some of the kind of what I consider to be the, the kind of new generation or the latest generation of DLP products, there's, there's there's an increased focus on insider threat, and and some some DLP solutions are in fact that that is their main focus. Is it's all around making sure that uh, nothing gets inadvertently leaked and that insiders those systems are monitored. And as I, I mentioned, all the various channels that people are communicating via these days. It, those those channels need to be monitored. And that also relates back to the employee education piece because a lot of DLP solutions uh, will will not sort of simply just block things but will pop up information or provide links. And they have a role to play in this whole education process where they inform users that what they're doing may be risky from a data protection point of view and can tell them what the better data protection practices are and how to um, manage data in a better way.
0: Okay, that sounds like assistance. That sounds like AI, machine learning. Is this making its, its way into that area as well? I
1: think I think uh, ML is making its way into just about every technology. I mean, you know, they're just human beings aren't able to... Um, Process things at the scale and are not able to uh, correlate things the way that that machine learning models can, and so there is a lot being done on on the kind of uh, also on the, the on the um, classification side, because uh, that's one of the things that DLP incorporates now then is, is not only discovery of data, that people may not even necessarily be aware is sensitive, may not be aware of where it is, but also is, is kind of automatically classifying it. Because, again, for years, we've been saying we you know, you can't protect sensitive data, if you don't know what sensitive data is necessarily, or you don't know where it is. So I think ML is being used great, greatly in that area.
0: Okay, so this is obviously an innovation in this allegedly boring market of DLP. Is there other innovation that you would, you, that you would like to highlight?
1: Um, yeah, I think innovation in DLP is, is sort of characterized by, I've already alluded to it, is the support for a wide range of communication channels, both in terms of coverage and use for alerts uh, so that, you know, teams can get alerts on Slack, for example. Now, they, they it comes directly to where they're working, where they're sort of uh, working on a day-to-day basis rather than them having to look for it elsewhere. Also, uh, there is a lot of automation now happening uh, to prevent things from happening. Um, you know, automatically just preventing people from emailing out the data, kind of just saying, um, you know, this is a risky behavior, it's being blocked for these reasons. Um, then we also see things like the use of data fingerprinting algorithms where, you know, even if data uh, people change file names, so now we're talking about the malicious insider. Even if they change the name of a file and and call it holiday pictures when it's it's kind of blueprints or whatever, uh, the data fingerprinting algorithms can say no, no, this is the same data that I classified as being sensitive. Uh, this shouldn't be leaving the organization. Also, the ability to examine encrypted data. So you know, if you're try if a malicious insider is trying to encrypt data and push it out, um, these DLP systems can, can still look at it and identify it as being sensitive data that shouldn't be leaving the organization. Then you mentioned it earlier, there is now more support for, for uh, post-quantum encryption standards. Um, a lot of the organizations are, are sort of looking at what they're doing with this kind of awareness, which is, is great. Obviously, we've got more support for software as a service and infrastructure as a service environments as people go more onto cloud services. And we also see use of uh, behavior analytics more than perhaps in the past, I've already mentioned the focus on threat man- uh, insider threat management, and then we've also mentioned uh, the use of machine learning. And then where I see, where you know, from my leadership compass, the research has shown that uh, where we're going next is uh, improving the ease of use by adopting a more user or customer centric approach to feature development. So that you know, I know across the whole software industry, there's this greater focus on the user experience and, and DLP is is no exception. And then also at reducing the complexity around DLP policy creation and management, this has traditionally been an area, a challenging area, and this is where the, the more advanced solutions are going Is they're looking to support that. Obviously interoperability and support for operating systems is is another important area. And I think we're just gonna go on expanding the use of ML and other AI technologies to improve the detection capabilities of both external and internal threats so yeah quite a lot of innovation in this
0: area that sounds interesting when we look at the deployment model are there any solutions that still rely on premises are they all delivered from the cloud or what is the trend here
1: there are none that rely on being on-prem i mean some you know have uh, agents that are deployed on-prem but the The general move is is obviously to cloud, as you say, but I think um most of the vendors are are concentrating on p- providing flexibility so that organizations can cho- can choose they have a choice so they can you know they can have a hybrid deployment or they can be all in the cloud, whatever kind of suits them and and their and what their um on prem situation is
0: like. Right. So if you summarize today's discussion, our, our talk right now, you've mentioned the top five mechanisms to protect um, data from access by, by evils or non, non, not wanted people. So that's access control. That's data, uh, that's data encryption. That's regular backups. That's employee training and it's, and it's DLP. So DLP we've learned is still relevant. And as it is relevant, we encourage our audience to head over to Kuppingacole.com, pick up your leadership compass around DLP solutions and learn more about that, about the, um, yeah, about the innovations that are there, but also about basic functionalities to protect them from losing their crown jewels. Um, whether or not you call them that way, data is, is to be protected. Any final words from your side when it comes before we close down, when it comes to talking about DLP, what was most striking to you?
1: Um, just how good it's getting and and uh, how comprehensive it is and how a lot of the things that we, we, you know, the points one, two, four that we spoke about are being rolled into DLP. So kind of DLP is a really good starting point for data protection because it's doing your data discovery, it's doing your data classification, it's doing your insider threat management uh, and all those those important things. It's enforcing the principle of least privilege. So a, a lot of the basics are being taken care of or at least supported uh, by these kind of new generation DLP solutions.
0: Great. Thank you very much, Warwick, for being my guest today. That was really interesting, far from being boring, and protecting your data is still a challenge for many organizations, as I've learned. So thank you and talk to you soon again, and maybe see you in Berlin for the EIC. Absolutely. Thank you. Bye-bye.